0: Revelation 2 and 3 reveal that the Lord is walking in the midst of the local churches and speaking to each church according to its condition. At the same time, these messages given to the different churches are what the Spirit is speaking to all the churches as the body of Christ. In this series of podcasts, We bring to you the Lord speaking in local and regional conferences, so that we may hear what the Spirit is speaking to all of us today. This is message one of an international blending conference held in Barlow, the Netherlands in October 2022. The general subject for this conference is Growing in Life from Transformation to Maturation. And the title of this message is Jacob Representing a Life of Transformation. The speaker is Brother Ron Kangas. A link to the entire conference can be found in the episode notes. Before speak with you, I need to speak with you to someone else. Our Lord Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So as I pray, please realize it's our prayer. Let's all turn our heart to the Lord, exercise our spirit and touch the throne for the will of God to be done in Europe now. Beloved Lord Jesus, we have never seen you, but we believe in you. You have infused into us the capacity of faith. Dear Lord Jesus, we still have never seen you, But we love you. We want to tell you now we love you with our whole being. And in this love we love one another. Everyone on the same level. We are one in you. And Lord we are here. Under your sovereignty, your authority, your wisdom. After three years. We're here again. And nothing could stop us from being here. And now nothing will stop you from pouring out what's in your heart. Lord, we just praise you. We glorify you. You are the Lord of all. And now, Lord, flow freely. May every vessel here be open. Every heart turned to the Lord. Every regenerated human spirit. Actively receiving. Life and life supply from the Lord. Amen. 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 Just a very brief. Uh testimony in a sense of what's been going on in me in the last 15 weeks after the that particular surgery it was altogether a body matter and uh, you'll see when, when i give you uh, an opening word this is a pre opening word I don't know how many priests there may be, but we pray that the Lord will flow out unhindered. And uh, I realized that I'm recovering and so sorry I couldn't fly to Stockholm. And by the end of August, still not ready, bye-bye UK, I couldn't come. But something was settled in my being. Nothing, no one will keep me from being with you in Barlow right now. Because this is the sovereign will of God. And I just look at you. This may sound strange. I even considered Opening this way and gently say two things I love God, Amen. and I love all of you. Amen. And you will sense this. This is the first time, and you're new to this. You're going to sense an atmosphere of life, of light. Of love, of grace, because you're in it right now. And so for several weeks, I was seeking the Lord, who is the source of all that we need to speak and do. And then it became increasingly clear, rather an unusual burden the general subject, is growing in life from transformation to maturation. And we'll get into this, what it means. But I want to say something now to shut the enemy's mouth. And any thoughts he may try to inject In any one of you. No matter what your age may be. It's not too soon. To begin to really grow in life. And no matter how old you are. And what your decades of history. Might have been in the Lord's recovery. It's not too late. Because the Lord cares for each one of us. And he wants us to grow in life, that is, to have the divine life that entered into our spirit when we believed in him and testified that he is the Son of God. According to Romans 8, verse 10, our spirit is life, Zoe, life. You all have the life of God at the core of your being. Now this life wants to move and flow and enter into and saturate your mind, emotion, and will. And one thing that some of us that are, well, I don't know how many octogenarians they are, but uh, I think there's more than one, that... uh, we are still able to realize this, that when we were regenerated, the divine life entered our spirit. And now what he needs from all of us, and I think he's already activated this, that every one of us would not be focused on ourself, on what we think is our condition, or what is our status, could we all do one simple thing? Turn our heart to the Lord Amen. and just focus on him, Amen. not on our condition. And so, I want to give you a very brief definition of transformation and maturation, and this will be developed in Messages 2, 3, and 4. But the word transformation that we sang about refers to the Lord that is in our soul. We are one spirit with him. He wants to enter into every part of our soul. That, at the beginning, is something severely damaged by the enemy, Satan. All of us are the same. That in our body, Paul tells us clearly in Romans, a body of sin and a body of death. But I find it very encouraging in Romans 8.11, that even though I'm still living in this one, and when you're young, if you're a man, you want to be tough. You want to really get the muscles. Uh, when you're kind of middle-aged, you just want to be in good health. But when you're older, you're just encouraged by this. Romans eight eleven, The spirit of the one who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. And the spirit of the one gives life to your mortal body. And so, dear ones, I'm standing here on my 83-year-old flat feet. (laughs) But the life of God is giving itself to me right now. Don't worry. but if I have a particular need, I've got to help her a few feet away. And so transformation is the divine life flowing from our spirit into all the parts of our soul. so that the soul, in contrast to the body, and the spirit can now function as the organ of expressing Christ. Our soul as an organ in its entirety has two main functions. The first and primary one is that the Lord who is dwelling in our spirit can now be expressed Through us. Dear ones, we were created for this. In Genesis 1, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. That's what a human being was created for. And the enemy invaded and injected his evil nature so that there are billions of people on the earth, precious human beings, and where is the expression of god but there will be in continental europe and in the uk a corporate expression of god in christ never seen on this part of the earth yeah. and so the transformation it involves Christ's life increasing in us is making His home in our heart. But we've not yet reached maturity. And I would hope that saints that have been in the recovery for a long time, like 40, 50 years, please don't have the thought that, look how long I've been here. How old I am. Well, you are an elderly, mature human being. But that doesn't mean you have reached maturity in life. But I want to assure you something. You're all going to reach maturity before you meet the Lord personally. Because... Although there are very crucial matters, they're indispensable matters that need to be covered in various ways through the ministry of the word. The first is the heavenly vision. Paul prayed for this. The Bible ends with this, a governing vision. And then second is to be constituted with the triune God as truth, and for the word that conveys truth, just dwelling in us. And then another aspect is the practicality of the church life. How do we serve? How do we meet? How do we care for the saints? But something that originated with the sovereign God as I was just being recovered step by step, 24 hours a day with one particular person, without whom I would not be here. And now I'm just opening this up for the first time. Yes, these three matters are indispensable. We need more and more. But what is in my being now is that we have the actual experience of what we've been learning year after year. How real is this? So let me gently just ask you, how real is it to you? Yes, I I know about transformation. I can give a little speech about it. Excellent. Have you been passing through stages of transformation? Can you give a testimony of what it is to grow in life, to be saved in life, to reign in life, to minister life? And a key word that we'll mention a little bit once I come to the outline and believe me I will come to the outline and uh, I will end my message before 9 p.m. or is it 21 p.m. here whatever it is because the message will not be completed by me I'm not trying to be a nice guy that's too political, you know who's going to complete the message? All of you. When you just come to the microphone, whatever time the brothers give you, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, no matter what language you have, I suppose if you translate it into English, we probably would need that. For um, monolinguists like me, that's a typical American culture. You only know English. I really mean it. And so, when my part is done, then maybe 30, 40, 50, if it's 30 seconds each, could you let the Lord flow out of you? Because this is a body matter. So transformation is being saturated in our soul by the divine life in our spirit. But then what is maturity? And we'll see this illustrated and portrayed in the record of Jacob's life in Genesis. Maturity is to have your entire being filled with and by the divine life that regenerated you and that has been transforming you. And as I'm speaking about this, I would, uh, and I'll explain why in a half a minute, on this matter I will continue to be an ing brother. And some of you have heard me say this recently, that is, I'm learning, Amen. I'm growing, Amen. I'm experiencing. ing And so we're all just ingers. (laughs) I cannot stand here and stand before the Lord and say, Lord, I'm fully mature. I'm rapture ready. I'm just, we're just in this together in a big, wonderful, divinely human and humanly divine family. And maybe you just got saved uh, two weeks ago. This is not too soon for you to find out that you have another person inside of you. And that is the triune God in Christ as the Spirit is in you right now. Amen. And if you're not clear about that, then ask the person sitting next to you or behind you to help you see that. And then from wherever we are, whether you're 14 years old, whether you're 94 plus, it's not too soon and it's not too late. And so what is in my heart is to share from the Word portions from the Scriptures that will enlighten us, supply us, motivate us, encourage us, that from this day on, if we are willing to learn two basic things, and we will be learning about these two things, one is that my life on the earth is really not under my control. My life is in the hands of the sovereign God. And this sovereign God, who is the God of love, knows what I need, what I need to experience, what needs to take place in my life. And just allow me to say briefly When I had to go to the emergency room to a hospital in Southern California, Brother Rick Scatterday took me again. And then when we realized I've got a double problem here, with the heart and something else, and after the angiogram, the cardiologist that has been taking care of me for years said, Ron, the, the years of stents are over. This requires surgery. And I was fully at peace. No fear. And just go ahead. And then after being in the hospital for several days after the surgery, then he came home and going step by step this was my real feeling but don't give me credit for it because everything positive comes from the Lord himself I considered this whole experience and all the time involved a blessing this is from God he's working something in my being that Maybe he wasn't able before. It's almost a privilege. And so, hour by hour, day by day, the recovery taking place with this realization, this is a blessing from God. He knows the kind of experience I need to have physically. He knew thoroughly how to reach the depths of my being in in actuality. And from the whole time, there was just more worship and praise and love for the God whom we believe but have not yet seen. And so to be mature is to be filled we created as a vessel to be filled with the divine life that regenerated you, filled with the divine life that has been transforming you. Now this same life is going to fill your entire being. And we will see, as I read a few verses from you, and I brought my reading glasses. I think it would be easier for me to read. These are trifocals, you know, typifying the triune God. (laughs) And these are bifocals, signifies a testimony of two. (laughs) And so I put these on because each one of us by the Lord's wisdom and grace and mercy, we need to eventually settle something. God is really God. I was created by him. I was redeemed through his Son. I'm indwelt by the life-giving Spirit that involves the process in consummated triune God, and Lord, now it's settled. My life is in your hands. And you are a wise and sovereign God. And whatever you cause to happen or allow to happen, I want to learn to realize I, I, will, hold, I will hold nothing against you. You are the sovereign God. Now, here are the verses that I have my bifocals on, then with a brief comment from Romans 8, 26 through 29. In like manner, the Spirit also joins in to help us in our weakness, there may be a number of strong, tough guys here. Don't be afraid to realize you have a certain weakness. And the weakness in this context is not knowing what we should pray. And so, there's nothing odd about you. If you're trying to have a private time with the Lord, and even, what are you going to even pray about? So the Spirit knows. For we do not know what we should pray as is fitting, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I don't know if you've ever sensed a kind of groaning in you. You might have thought, this is just me. Well, it's kind of you but actually it's the Spirit in you exercising and praying for what God knows you need and what is about to happen, maybe by the end of the day. So he intercedes for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, but he who searches the heart's Knows what the mind of the spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints, according to God. Right now, as we're meeting here, according to Romans eight thirty four, and Hebrews seven twenty five, the ascended Christ is on the throne of God, interceding for us, non stop, for every one of us. We are. You are sitting here. I'm temporarily standing here. But actually, we are in the Lord's heart. He's bearing us before God. He's praying for us. And his prayers there become the prayers of the Spirit within us. Then this brings us to the key verse, verse 28. And we know... That all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, because those whom He foreknew, He also predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, back to verse 28 because it leads us into the burden of this conference. And to know, not just believe, but know that all things work together for good. And those that are 60 plus, with still quite a keen memory, hasn't there been lots of things? As you look upon them, Actually, your whole life is full of things. Many things that you never thought would happen. Things that you didn't want to happen. You didn't like them when they happened. But eventually, we need to learn something. We know it. And I can honestly say this because of the Lord's faithfulness and operation in us. I know that all things work together for good. I know when this happened, when that happened. We're talking about times that include heart-rending losses, all kinds of things. And while we're in them, we can't be joyful. We're humans. We cannot hold back tears. We're humans. But then eventually we realized, what came forth after that? What do you have now of Christ within you after that? Then eventually we will just know that all things work together for good. The verse doesn't say all things are good. (laughs) Most things, they ain't good at all. But they work together for good. And now here, get, get ready now to exercise your mind because this is a very deep thought. I'm saying this with a smile. Okay, Are you ready? Okay. Verse 29 comes after verse 28. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, what's the point? Well, the good that all things are working together for is found in verse 29 being conformed to the image of the Son of God. That's the goal. So the things that have been happening in your life from God's point of view I have a goal. You may have a goal about a job getting a new car getting married caring for your grandchildren do this and that you pray for God's will about that but eventually you realize I need to pray for God's will to be done he told us in Matthew 6 and so they work together for good and that good is being conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. This is the goal. And so I can say, on July 7th, being in the ER room, that's a thing. And then, the next day, getting the angiogram, need surgery, that's a thing. And now you have to be tested to see whether your body can go through this, a thing. And now, oh, the way they prepared you, they come and get you at 6 o'clock in the morning, take you down to the surgery room, but they'll come at 2 a.m. and again about 4.30 because you need two showers, okay? Those are little things. And then rolling along, uh, being pushed there, it's a thing. But I can testify, all these things are for God's eternal purpose. That is why we're alive so now there are two things I just mentioned these two and we can go through the outline in a very adequate time all things work together for good to those who love God not to every believer but to those who love God ultimately it will be good for all believers but it may not be in this age It may take a thousand years during the millennial kingdom. This is a new thought. You just ask for the person sitting behind you. If you need someone, I can just point them out. They'll say, they'll give you a mini message and you'll know what we're talking about. And so those who love God, please notice here Paul doesn't say loving the Lord. Or loving Christ Jesus. Or loving the Father. But loving God. God as God. And I believe many of you can testify certain things that have been taking place in your life. Behind them was the sovereign God acting as God. And when God functions as God, he he is not required for us to know why, to understand he is God. On the day of his resurrection, and there was this dear young woman that not only came to the tomb, she wanted to see him. The brothers, being objective, they saw the empty tomb and took off running She was staying there, wondering where the Lord is. She said, where is he? Show me. I'll take him away. This is love. It can be kind of goofy, right? You can carry a a body like that. And then the Lord said, Mary. And she realized, this is the resurrected Christ. But he said, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Now we come back to loving God. And we will see, I completed this outline for the December training on 1st and 2nd Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. Esther that finishes the whole Bible. Bethlehem started in 1974. We had no choice. This is God's arrangement to continue starting, to continue from 97. And it will be finished in the end of this year. Don't send me an email, what will we do now in the semi-annual trainings? (laughs) My suggestion is, ask God. But probably he will answer you, not directly, but indirectly. And so just realizing that we love God, that's the command. Love the Lord your God from all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And not too long ago, something happened that was a very relief, I realized what a commandment is this? I, can't, I know it's a commandment. I have to say amen. But I can't do this. This is the Lord's way. You need to say yes to his command. And then you need to say, Lord, there's no way I can do it. Then the Lord would indicate, I know. I was waiting for you to say that. Let me do everything. Amen. Okay, I'm good at this. I'm very good at being God. Let me do this to you. And so, we are now. None of us here is able to fulfill that verse in Mark twenty, verse thirty. A quotation from Deuteronomy chapter seven. On the other hand, we all can do it. And. Uh, I can just share a little bit more. In the 48 hours after that surgery, uh, I was just wide awake for the 48 hours, fully conscious, all three parts of my being being activated. And on the one hand, I just sense the Lord is able to touch and deal with things that we were inaccessible before. And he was doing that. But at the same time, simultaneously, he just inwardly was saying one word, love, love. Because God is love. And the Lord is coming in to just work himself into us. That is why, and I say this sincerely, beloved brothers and sisters, this last 15 weeks has been a blessing. What a privilege that the Lord would not just have me, set me aside and bring my course to an end because I was then 82. That was the old days few months later, you know the story. And to realize this is a body matter. And it's the members of the body all over the earth that are praying. And whatever is happening is for the body. And please realize, if you are a young person over there, and I'm older than your grandpa, I could almost be great-grandpa, You and I are on the same level before the Lord. I'm just a brother, a member of the body. And then the other part is who are called according to his purpose. I believe many can say, and maybe the Lord would lead some of you to say something like this. I am living on the earth right now for the eternal purpose of God. That's why I am here. That's why I was born into a certain kind of environment. It's so simple. I'm not here for my purpose, my career, my goal, my desires, my needs were here for God's purpose, called according to his purpose. And the Lord knows, everyone, there could be someone who, who the first time is in a meeting like this. Maybe you were in a kind of denomination on what is called Sunday morning and you heard a message 20 minutes long a sermon 20 minutes long and you say wait a minute you've already been going on 40 minutes welcome to the Lord's recovery (laughs) but eventually and this is going to be a prayer tonight for you that every one of you will be able to say I was called according to To his purpose. He called you to be here. And would it not be wonderful. If on that day when we are all standing before the son of man at the judgment seat. And there what will be determined is not our salvation that's settled. Once and for all. Will you be an overcomer. Will you be at the wedding feast? Will you reign with Christ in the coming thousand-year kingdom? You just imagine, I'm using a little imagination here, but I think the character of God is somewhat expressed. If the Lord would say, Dear one, your life on the earth contributed to the fulfillment of the purpose of God and the desire of my heart. That's what you lived for. And you just let me live in you and to make my home in you and to be expressed through you and to be ministered by you. Come into my happy wedding feast. But if we want glory on the earth, if we want human praise, if we want this and that, we're in the opposite direction. But how privileged we are. It may dawn on you. Maybe you'll wake up at 2.32 and it will dawn on you. Why are you here in Barlow? It's because God is calling you to live for his purpose. And the Lord would also indicate this. How and when is up to him. He would say, I can't fully fulfill my purpose without you. You have a portion of Christ that no one else has. That's why I could speak like Paul that one time. He's in a local church. They start in the evening they had the Lord's table usually, maybe around 7 p.m. And he's speaking on till midnight until a young man falls asleep and he's way high up there and he falls down. and So Paul had to go to him and say he's going to be okay. Then he speaks until dawn. Then they bake bread and that's, 20, that's 12 hours. That's an entire semi-annual training <laughs> in one night. And so, this is not going to be like that. Don't, don't worry. But even if there were, you have, please receive this, you have something of Christ in you that no one else on earth has. And that is why we need your function and your measure, because we've been called according to God's purpose. Okay, back to my trifocals now. And we come to the outline. And I'm trying to keep my iPad uh, alive because I'm going to read something later. Okay. Jacob representing a life of transformation. And I'll read through this, but I'll emphasize certain points. Because Jacob, you know, in the Old Testament, he had a lengthy life. It had a very difficult beginning. But at the end, he reached the highest level of maturity. And we will see, sooner or later, That if that could happen to Jacob, really a clever person to try to get from you what he wants, if he can, by the end of his life, be in the highest level of maturity, the same will happen to you. It's very normal. Look, weren't we all itty bitty humans? And look at us now. It's very normal. We're on various levels of maturity. You're going to be this. But we need to see the picture of what Jacob went through in these many decades. And it was at the end, he could look back on it. He was speaking some final words to his sons that were prophecies. He said, I do this in the name of the Lord who shepherded me all my days of my life. And as I read and comment on the points in this first section, there may be some matters that might be a little troubling or a little frightening, but I cannot... Just ignore what's part of the word. At the same time, don't want the enemy to misuse it and just instill fear in you. So Jacob, a man under God's transforming hand, represents a life of transformation, a life. Jacob's history must become our biography. So you're about to read your biography, and having read your biography, you will realize you are involved in your autobiography. It's quite interesting, but it's really true. Now, point one is very crucial concerning three distinct Uh, periods, there were three distinct periods in Jacob's life. The period of dealing, that was 20 years. He was afraid his brother would kill him. His mother said, you better go see Uncle Laban. And uh, when he got there, he saw this lovely woman what what a way to begin a, a relationship. And what did he do? He went to her and expressed love for her and started crying. So he said a deal with his uncle. I'm gonna marry Rachel. Okay. Just work with me for seven years. You can have her. Done. Then after the seven years. There was some kind of wedding meeting. And then he's in his tent. Whether it was night or morning, I don't know. And it was Leah that was there, the older sister. And so he has to go to Uncle Laban and said, what is this? He said, listen, the, way, the practice here is that the younger can't get married before the older just work with me for seven more years so this was the beginning of all kinds of dealings. But transformation did not begin during those 20 years. We shouldn't have this thought, well, I'm going through all these things, I'm being transformed. I know many saints who have gone through things for decades and haven't grown for 30 or 40 years. In contrast to those who somehow remained open to the Lord. Then the second stage, the period of transformation. And the third period, maturity. Two, everything that happened to Jacob was for his transformation. Everything that happened to Jacob was for his transformation. So way back In uh, 1959, when my girlfriend abandoned me and I was very unhappy, I look back upon it, thank you, Lord. If I had ever married her, she never would have followed me into the Lord's recovery. But while you're in it, you can't say that. It's okay. That's the way we all are. But you look back upon it and you realize... God is really wise, isn't he? And he's determined. Yes, he is. A, B, C, D. In order to be transformed, Jacob had to be pressed into situations that gave him no choice except to undergo a change. Have you been in anything like that? You're in a situation... You can't go forward, you can't go backward, you can't go under, and you can't go up. You can't do anything. Well, that's the sovereign God who's going to keep you here. You can pray and cry out, He's the sovereign God. I brought this to happen because I want to gain you. I'm motivated by my love for you. I want to fulfill my purpose in creating you. And so you're here. Whether you like it or not, you don't have to pretend that you like it. We'll see later, Jacob is wrestling with the Lord, struggling with him. And there is a time for this to happen. Whether you like it or not, you will. The Lord is doing this and you have reactions, haven't you? You have feelings and all kinds of questions. He's not bothered by this. I say again, I'd like to say it, this this is a human being reacting. Little B, from Jacob's experience, we see that everything that happens to us is under God's sovereignty for our transformation. So eventually we will see not just believe because we were taught it. We see it. That, whatever happened. And I know there are some things that are indescribably heartbreaking. I'm fully aware of these kind of things. But I still believe that God is God and the final outcome of this. Here's one example. I knew this family with five Children, the brother and sister, the parents, and one who was the second youngest was on his way home on his bicycle and he was struck down by a car. I mean, there's no words to describe the agony of parents for that. But my, one of my sons was just a teenager was there at the the funeral, just at the graveside. And they read, someone read from the the kind of private writing of this boy brother. And you realize, what kind of life was he living before the Lord? This is really a young God-man. Not only being saved in life, he's an overcomer. But the rest of the family, they all of them left the Lord and the Lord's recovery. So I just wonder, eventually they will realize the Lord had ordained that this young brother will be an overcomer. But if he is swept away along with the rest of the family, this would never happen. But but he can't explain that. He can't say that. He's just God. And eventually God will be entirely vindicated to the whole universe. And every cursing mouth will be shut because he is such a wonderful God. See, Jacob's transformation began from the time that the Lord came and touched Jacob's strongest part, his thigh, in Genesis 32, from that time onward, the process of transformation continued until chapter 37. Now here is the point that's not easy to hear. I know. It's not easy. During the 20 years under Laban, and is coming away with four wives, eleven sons, a daughter, all kinds of things. His transformation had not begun. But one night, when he knew his brother was coming with 200 plus men, and he was afraid, and then a man came and started wrestling with him. That really was the God-man Jesus' pre-incarnation. But he was still there. And they wrestled until dawn. And so when the sun was coming up, we realized this is over. So he touched the strongest part of his being, his thigh. And, you know, all the, the strongest part of his body that was the beginning of his transformation. And I have to be faithful to the Lord. And I have to be faithful to you. I'm not examining anyone. I'm not discerning anyone. I'm not finding fault with anyone. But, and I'll read a hymn to you what happened. Was his transformation began when the Lord could touch and break the strongest part of his being. And this is a particular experience that eventually each one of us will have. We don't know how and when. We will probably never talk about it. I can only mention what happened. In the evening of July thirtieth, nineteen eighty-one, but I cannot say what happened. But the Lord comes, and struggles, and fights, and then eventually goes to the strongest part, and I did, I didn't know what it was, and then he never came that way again. Then he realized, he finally broke the outer man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You didn't leave me untouchable. And now here is the hymn. I got to just relocate it. And we sang hymn 750 on transformation. I'll read to you 749, which is on breaking and releasing. But please, just be open to the Lord. Don't be subjective. Don't let fear come in. God really knows what he's doing, when and what. And since it's going to happen, why not allow it to happen during our lifetime and be mature and be overcomers rather than having maybe 500 years into the millennial kingdom I know, we don't have much choice. Well, we're not God. Here's the hymn. The spirit of the triune God within our spirit now doth rest. He ever seeks through us to flow that God in Christ may be expressed. But by the outward natural man, the spirit is confined within instead of giving him a home, a prison, We've become to him. He's like a treasure of great worth contained in vessels earthen made. The vessel must be broken through and thus the treasure be displayed. Oh, how the Lord ourself must break our outward man does so impede. It must be broken thoroughly and thus the spirit will be freed. This is the reason why the Lord for us a certain measure makes of circumstantial suffering. Tis thus our outward man he breaks. The outward man, the self, the soul must be consumed, must be decreased. The inner man, our spirit, then shall be with the spirit, be released. Lord, grant thy holy brokenness. Deliver me from being whole and make me willing to receive the wounds that thou wouldst give my soul. Oh, cause me to appreciate thy breaking, never to complain and grant that I may value more all kinds of loss instead of gain. Please don't make this the focus of the message. But I again I owed I'm responsible before the Lord when he, he burdens me, no matter what the response may be. I have to serve him. But also it's with a spirit of loving concern. And I won't be deliberately inaccurate and give you a kind of a false feeling of everything. everything's going to be hunky-dory. No, we're all on this journey. And there are critical turning points. And this is one. But I can testify to you, there's nothing to fear about this. But I would suggest for those that are humanly speaking quite mature, 50s, 60s and up, one thing that I would really be concerned about as I end my life on the earth, an unbroken vessel. And so don't pray now tonight. Lord, come tonight and break me to pieces. Let's <laughs> wrestle till dawn. Don't do that. Don't even pray for breaking. Rather, it's just in my heart. I'm not appealing to you. I'm just sharing with you. That you would just one on one pray to the Lord, not only before you go to sleep, uh, whether you go to sleep in your chair or you go to sleep on the bed, it's okay. Neither one is going to bother me. You just say, Lord, I want to grow in life to maturity for your purpose and the body. Lord, please give me the experiences I need to grow to maturity. That's it. A couple sentences. Now, I've heard this before. Someone would say, "Uh, that's kind of scary. If I pray like that, I don't know what is going to happen. I said, okay. You're not the first one. So you can't just open yourself like this. And so the way you start is, open like that. The Lord won't force his way in. Then eventually you'll realize, wow, what comes in is delightful. I like this. I enjoy this. A little more, a little more, and eventually you'll trust him more, love him more, and say, Lord, my entire tripod being is in your hands for your will and purpose. Do whatever you want to do, and he will. Then little D, the trouble, Simeon and Levi, caused Jacob, touched him in his depths of his being, and he began to be transformed. So the Lord used the the disposition of two sons. And hasn't God used your children, and maybe even grandchildren, it's just, he loves us all, he loves them, but he has a way. Okay, this, this one is born that was able to touch this. Now, another one is born with a different disposition, he touches that. And then there's number three, who has an altogether different, mysterious disposition, deals with that. And so, that's why I can say, I really believe in God and trust God. He's a very, very good, wise God. Please let him be your God, not only your Savior. Two, Jacob had been chosen to become the expression of God and a prince of God, and he could become God's expression And a prince of God only through transformation. Become. So we are the becoming people. I sincerely believe that a little afternoon on the Lord's Day, when you walk out of this meeting place, you will walk out with more Christ that you had in you when you came into the meeting tonight. This is real. It's a day-by-day thing. A Israel means one who struggles with God and the prince of God. God's purpose in dealing with Jacob, a supplanter, was to transform him into Israel, a prince of God bearing his image to express him and exercising his dominion to represent him. Jacob, a supplanter, became Israel. A heel holder became a prince of God. Heel holder because he and his brother were born at the same time and the brother was coming out. and Jacob was saying, wait a minute, man. I'm not letting you out. So he tried to hold on his heel. <laughs> You're not getting out of here. I'm going to bypass you. That's the kind of disposition he was. You know, we were all born with a disposition. And when the Lord can touch that, oh, you will really be liberated. Okay, C. Um, Jacob, as a planter, became Israel. Okay, I read that. D. The Christian life is a life of struggling with God to be transformed by God into a prince of God. You know, maybe you're just a, a very kind and tender uh, sister and you would never struggle like this. You would never fight like this. And, and that's true. That's your makeup. That's how you've been developed. But eventually, when the Lord comes to touch a certain part, you will have reactions, not just responses. So I let you know ahead of time, God is not going to be shocked. He's not going to be offended. He's not going to say, now what do I do? She was such an easygoing person. Now there's a struggle going on. The Lord would say, ah, finally, we got the situation. Now through this interaction, she has these feelings, these thoughts. I don't want people to hide them. pretend that's not what they're feeling, what they're going through. Let's be honest with the Lord. Whatever we're aware of. But this is what I'm feeling. This is what's going on in me. I don't understand it all. But this is taking place. He's not bothered at all. And the struggling will continue until you both win. You'll find out what that means. He will win by subduing you And you will win by wrestling with him until the turning point. Instead of trying to be a nice, pious person. You know, even with certain language of being a spiritual person, you can't talk in a normal way. You want to be angelic. No, just just be a human where you are. And let the Lord work himself in you. Little E, God's purpose in selecting, predestinating, and calling us is to transform pitiful sinners into royal sons so that the process of transformation has been completed. We may reign as kings. So another simple prayer would say, Lord, I ask you that the process of transformation will be completed in my lifetime. Maybe you're, you're 78 when you're praying that. The Lord might give you this kind of prayer. Lord, I want to be fully transformed by December 31st. Twenty twenty three. You don't you don't think God can do it in about a little less than five hundred days? That uh, sometimes you'll just have this utterance, and so it's going to happen. Now, just the last section. It's eight fifty four. I think five minutes, will do it. One minute before nine, we'll just ask you to have prayer with someone next to you for about a minute. If you're not comfortable doing this, you've never done it before, then then don't pretend. Just sit there and be quiet for a minute, and then the brothers will guide us. And I really mean it. In about four minutes, I'm finishing my part. After one minute of praying... There's your part, even if you're way over there. If the Lord is in you, moving in you, you'll have a way to get here. Don't be be governed by something outward like this. What would happen if we all just followed the Lord for 30 minutes? Wow, I'm looking forward to that. Two, we need to know and experience transformation according to the divine revelation in the word of God. To be transformed is to have the nomadic Christ, Christ in resurrection as the life-giving spirit, dispensed and wrought into our soul, and to replace what we are in the natural life so that Christ may increase and our natural life may decrease. Lord, just work yourself into me today. All day long. Simple prayer. While you're at a red light. The cars in front of you, the reflexes were too slow. And so, you can, now you got to wait two and a half minutes. So, during the two and a half minutes, why not pray a little bit? Lord, use even this thing. to Work yourself into me. It, it makes a difference. B, transformation is not outward correction or adjustment but the metabolic function of the life of God in us by the addition of the element of the divine life of Christ into our being so that we may express the image of Christ. The Lord wants to dispense himself into you every day, more and more. One, the process of transformation is both organic and metabolic It is organic because it is related to life and it is metabolic because it is related to a process in which old elements and discharge them and new elements are added. So we'll see in message three, we're all in a process and there's no competition. We're not racing against one another, but we'll be in a process. To the metabolic change that takes place during transformation is a change both in inward constitution and outward form. And so sometimes you're just aware of a person's countenance, not just their face, but the countenance is really an expression of the person. And that's something you can't fake. You know, even if you have a mask on, whatever kind of mask it is, eventually even someone's eyes, you can realize it. But when we're transformed inwardly, there will be a change even initially in our physical structure. And I remember... One brother, I don't know why he had the boldness to say this, but one time he said, your, your countenance, he just indicates there's, there's sadness there. He's not criticizing, he just... And that was helpful to that person. And then certain things happened in that person's life. And that same brother saw that one again and said Your countenance has changed because now there is more expression of Christ in you. And what what is the wise thing about it? Everyone knows except you because you're just still praying, Lord, saturate me, make your home in me, constitute me. Whether we are overcomers or defeated ones depends upon the transformation of our soul and upon our attitude toward the Lord's transforming work. We have an attitude. And so, please realize this eventually, that everything in us needs to come to the surface We brought into light for our own benefit. But I never realized that this was in me. This was my attitude. But thank you, Lord, for enlightening me. And I agree with you, the cross should be applied to this attitude. I'm not going to try to improve, but I want my attitude uplifted and changed. To be an expression of my willingness and obedience to your sovereignty, your sovereign arrangement. Then, the last point if we let the Triune God, as the life giving Spirit, transform us day by day, we will be overcomers. If we let, that means this is your will, you decide. And when you can honestly say this, you can say, Lord, today I will let you transform me today. Good morning, the Lord. I'm in the shower now. I don't have to wait and be religious in any way. Lord, thank you for another day. May it be a day of life. Lord, I let you work yourself into me today. So if we let the triune God as the life-giving spirit transform us day by day, we will be overcomers. Okay? Now it's the left, one, one after, so I went a little beyond the line, but a couple of sentences away. That, look at this. Would you like to be an overcomer? Listen to what this says. Just let the triune God transform you. Just let him. And that's your decision. That's your will. The Lord's not going to manipulate you. If you just say, let him. Maybe you're lying on the bed, the lights are out. You just say, Lord, I'm here this weekend. I want to let you work yourself into me day by day. I would say, you started praying this tonight. By the end of this year, you'll have an inner sense. There is more Christ in me than there was before I went to Barlow. And I believe this is going to happen in hundreds and in thousands of live saints throughout Europe and the UK. So please pray for a minute. Then we'll have at least 25 minutes. And if with 30 seconds each, that could be 50. But I'll leave that to the brothers to direct the rest of the meeting. Let the Lord work Himself into you right now. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your companions. To find out more about this and other conferences, and to join our mailing list, please visit livingtohim.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube with the handle at LivingToHim.